episode 852. On deck for week three is the Cincinnati Bengals, and in theaters is the 60-yard line movie. On today's episode, we talk to Ryan Churchill, lead actor and writer. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carivu. Today we're talking about week three in the Cincinnati Bengals. We're also talking about the 60-yard line movie, and we're joined by Ryan Churchill, lead actor and writer of the 60-yard line in in theaters now ryan how are you i'm doing good how are you brian we're very glad to have you on the show you're out on the west coast it's early so hey thank you for getting up at this early hour uh ryan let's start if, if you could just describe the film in a nutshell how would you describe it for those who haven't seen it yet i would say first and foremost it's a comedy it's pretty much for everybody it's a buddy comedy uh, 50% buddy comedy, 50% romantic comedy, and it's set in Green Bay uh, based on actual events, those actual events being a group of friends of mine bought a house uh, right there on Stadium Drive next to Lambeau Field, and that's where it's set, and the house is called the 60-yard line, and that's what causes all the fun and all the trouble uh, and conflict in the movie. I, I could relate to that. My very first place getting a duplex out of college was in the shadow of Lambeau Field. So uh, not quite on, on Shadow Lane, but uh, I was near it myself, too. Uh, but, but Ryan, now, just for our audience to get to know you a little better, tell us about yourself. What, what's your background, and how did you become a Packers fan? I'm originally from southern Wisconsin. I'm originally from Beloit, Wisconsin. Went to college at UW-Stout. And um, my grandfather and pretty much everybody around me uh, were, were Packers fans. So uh, I spent pretty much every Thursday night at my grandparents' house with my grandpa talking about the Packers. And then every <laughs> Sunday and every Christmas watching the Packers and listening to my grandfather either smile or completely scream uh, at the TV because that was in the 80s and 90s when, when things weren't going so well. So that's, uh, I spent my entire life, uh, as I say, the Packers are like my brother. You're just kind of born with them and you love them and you hate them. And, and so that's kind of how I, how I consider the Packers. They are my NFL brother. Yeah, I, I think that's a story that a lot of Packers fans can relate to and have a similar story themselves. Um, Ryan, I'm interested in the movie. Uh, one of the actresses is Jacqueline Zook. Can you tell us how she became involved with the film? She, of course, is the daughter of Packers special teams coordinator Ron Zook. Yeah, absolutely. So Jacqueline is uh, a, a lovely and wonderful actress. She actually lives in Los Angeles and has been a working actress for for several years now. So uh, we didn't know her coming into into developing the film. And while we were casting, um, I'm I'm friends with John Kuhn, uh, who we may remember. Uh, you know, he plays for the Saints now, but he was uh, <laughs> he was our lovely Kuhn for many years, our our our, our fullback there. And 
I got a text from him while we were casting saying, uh, hey, my boss's daughter is auditioning for you guys today. Just wanted to give you a heads up. So John Coon's <laughs> boss at the time was Coach Ron Zook. And typically that spells disaster for us. Usually, uh, you know, from a producer standpoint and from a casting standpoint, um, uh, anytime anybody calls in a favor uh, of a family member coming into audition, if they're bad, they're usually terrible uh, when they audition. And then you got to deal with like, oh, I'm so sorry. It didn't work out. But Jacqueline came in and she knocked it out of the park, um, which was a very refreshing surprise that she was actually a great actress. She looked the part. She plays my sister in the movie. And so that's basically how that came about. The fact that she's Coach Zook's daughter is secondary to the fact that she is just a great actress and uh so yeah so that that worked out well for her and worked out well for us yeah that's very cool that connection there to the the film and the actual packers team currently um uh, on a related line what what was it like sharing the set with players like john coon like mark tauscher and others who make appearances in the film it was a bit nerve-wracking for me. Uh, for one, I wore a lot of hats while making the film. First and foremost is I, I wrote it and I played the lead character. So my first scene with Tauscher and John Kuhn was on a, two, uh, I believe, a Tuesday night, a late night. It was a long day. <laughs> and uh, I have a scene in the movie where I spout off to Tauscher and Kuhn that my character is very knowledgeable about about football and so i have this big scene where i have to rattle off all these stats and that was my first scene with tauscher and coon i literally you know there was like a hundred extras in the basement of the 60 yard line and i was very nervous to say the least but i got through it and, and they were somewhat impressed with my my performance so i'm i'm very starstruck by athletes because it's something i can't do uh so to begin with, A, I was friends with them, but B, I never actually had to perform and spit NFL football knowledge in front of them. So it was a little bit nerve-wracking that first night of shooting with them. Well, you handled it with grace, Ryan. Um, for, for those uh, who haven't seen it yet, can, can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out where the movie is playing and any upcoming events that might be held? Yeah, you can go to our website, the60yardline.com. That's the, T-H-E, then the number 60yardline.com. And we have a Find a Theater page on there. And we have a list of all current uh, theaters. Uh, you know, th th So you can find one in your area. You know, we did release on September 8th, so we're slowly kind of fading out of, of the theaters at this point, which is normal for any movie. But we're still at Green Bay East for those Packer fans in the Green Bay area and Menominee Falls and, and places like that. And then we're coming into what's called secondary theaters. So there'll be, uh, it'll be playing in De Pere, which is right by Green Bay, uh, as well as several other secondary theaters across the Midwest. So yeah, just go to the 60yardline.com, find the theater page. Also, we post continual updates on our Facebook page. So subscribe and like our, to our Facebook page. We update Facebook every day, uh, usually three, four times a day as to where we're playing. 
Very cool. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but can people purchase it yet? I know, you know, some movies you can't do it until after it's, you know, been released in theaters. Is that possible? Correct. You cannot purchase it quite yet. That'll be coming later in the fall. We have to get through our, our release in the theaters first, but it will be released on iTunes, DVD, and video on demand very soon. Uh, I think towards the end of November or uh, early December, right when the Packers are making the playoffs. Cool. Uh, Ryan, we're, we're previewing the Packers-Bengals game. I, I wanted to ask you a few questions about this current Packers team as as we preview Sunday's game. Uh, what what do you make of the current spate of injuries that the Packers are dealing with right now? Uh, so what concerns me the most is the defense. I mean, David Bakhtiari is a little concerning because we can get, because A-Raj can get hit, but uh, he's fine. He can scramble out. I'm not as worried about that other than I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of David Bakhtiari. <laughs> you know, with like Devon House and all our injuries on the defensive end, uh, excuse me, not defensive end, but on the defensive side of the ball are extremely concerning because that has always, always, always been our Achilles heel. That's why we didn't make it to the Super Bowl last year. Um, Last week was a glimpse into, you know, the only thing we had to do was stop Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman. Those are the only two guys that we had to stop, and we couldn't do it. And that's what lost the football game for us. So this week, um, you just got to stop A.J. Green and, and just make sure, you know, Andy Dalton is not a pure passer. So if he can't get to A.J. Green, we need to stop the run. And with, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I don't like the Bengals. So do they still have Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill? Is that their two running backs? Uh, they have Bernard, and I think they have a new rookie this year. I, I'm not up on my Bengals as well as I should be either. Yeah, no, but so as long as – I mean, that's it. You don't have to – they don't have <laughs> good tight ends. They have. They don't have a bunch of receivers that can hurt us. It's just shut down A.J. Green and we will win the game. The bottom line, which is concerning because we might have to use Kevin King on him. And I don't give, I don't think rookies are ready for anything until years two through five. So the fact that we might have to have Kevin King on AJ Green because Devon House is out, or I don't know how they're going to switch it around. Maybe they'll just kind of ebb, uh, haha over to help Kevin King watch over AJ Green. Uh, uh, I don't know, but hopefully. They, they figure out, Dom Capers figures out a way to, to shut Mr. Green down, and I think we'll be fine. I hope so. Before we let you go, Ryan, can we get an official prediction on what you think is going to happen Sunday? I'll say uh, Green Bay 24, Cincinnati 9. Sounds good to me. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Like I said, especially it's early out there on the West Coast. Greatly appreciate it. Good job with the 60-yard line, and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much. I appreciate having me on. I just thank the Cheesehead Nation. We were really uh, showing the, the whole country that this is a, a great movie and everybody's really showing up. But please, everybody, go to the theater right now. Go online. Get tickets to your theater because it's not going to be in theaters much longer. Go, go tonight. Go tomorrow. ASAP. Thank you. And go Pack Go.
And go, Pat, go for sure. <laughs> See ya. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Ryan Churchill, leading actor in the 60-yard line and writer of the movie as well. Glad to have him join us on the show. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. Details of Nick Perry's injury came to light on Thursday when Packers head coach Mike McCarthy indicated that Perry would undergo surgery on his hand, which he injured in this past Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Ian Rapoport of the NFL Network would later report more specifics, indicating it's just one finger that Perry's having surgery on. So if there's a silver lining, it would seem that one finger probably isn't enough to keep him out for an extended amount of time. Might it keep him out of this Sunday's game against the Bengals, however? That seems probable, given that Perry also broke multiple fingers last year, and had to miss two games and then return to play with a club cast. It sure would be nice if Perry didn't have to play with a club club cast this season, but we just don't know whether that's a possibility yet or not. Without Perry, you can probably expect to see a lot more playing time for newly acquired Ahmad Brooks, who made his return to practice this week after suffering a concussion in the season opener which was a welcome development for the Packers. If Perry doesn't play, uh, Green Bay is going to have to rely on Brooks and Clay Matthews to play a lot of snaps because behind them are a pair of players who are likely to see playing time, but maybe you just don't want to see them receive extended playing time, relying on them. Those players are, are guys like Kyler Fackrell, and also uh, the the other newcomer, Chris Odom. Now, in addition to Perry, the Packers would appear to be without their top two front seven defenders against the Bengals on Sunday. Mike Daniels didn't practice for a second straight day on Thursday while aggravating his hip injury against the Falcons. While he technically hasn't been ruled out of Sunday's game yet, um, being out for two straight days of practice was not a good sign. And if there was any indication that Daniels might miss some time, it's that the Packers re-signed veteran defensive lineman Ricky Jean-Francois, who was previously released about a week ago. Now, Jean-Francois provides the Packers with some depth along the defensive line. They'll probably have to rely on him more than they did in the season opener against the Seahawks when he played only six snaps. Now, Jean-Francois will team up with the, the rest of the guys who are healthy on the defensive line, those being like Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and another newcomer yet, Quentin Dial, Those guys will probably receive the bulk of the playing time on the defensive line. And and as reported by multiple outlets, including ESPN, Jean-Francois, while he lost the roster bonus from the original contract he signed with the Packers in the offseason, he could collect the entire $1.25 million base salary if he files for termination pay and that's in addition to the money he'll earn on his new contract 
So all this kind of coming to light here in the past few days to free up the roster spot for Gene Francois, the Packers place Jason Spriggs on injured reserve, meaning the offensive lineman will be out for at least eight weeks. Now, because teams can bring back at least two players from injured reserve, this doesn't necessarily mean that spring season is done. It's certainly unfortunate that spring suffered this setback, but if we're looking at the glass half full, hopefully this time off will allow his hamstring to heal. At some point in the future, maybe we'll look back and say the hamstring was the reason he played so poorly this preseason and got us all hot and bothered as Packers fans worrying about the state of the offensive line, worried if David Bakhtiari ever went down that the Packers wouldn't be able to play all that well. And actually, they've found a nice stopgap in Kyle Murphy for the time being, and he'll have to continue to probably be the swing tackle uh, as long as either Brian Belaga or David Bakhtiari is out, and their status is still in the air for this upcoming Sunday. And hopefully, Jason Spriggs will come back and be the player we expected him to be after the Packers invested a second-round pick into him and traded up for him. Maybe the hamstring was the issue all along. The Packers have been so conservative about, you know, uh, you know, saying his injuries, and they don't come out with injury reports during the preseason that they kind of allowed him to play through it, perhaps. And maybe it was impacting him more than anybody knew. And that kind of, you know, by going on injury reserve, they're they're now allowing him to get healthy and hopefully a whole lot better if and when he does return. I tend to think he would be first in line to come off injured reserve. The Packers also have Don Barclay. But assuming that this is what was ailing Jason Spriggs all along, Maybe he'll be the guy to come back first. Now, the Packers do have to wait eight weeks. I, I wish it was like baseball and they could make these injury designations retroactive because Jason Spriggs already missed the first two games. So technically, he's going to miss at least 10 games total uh, as he sits through injured reserve. But as it stands for now, the Packers going to have to rely on Kyle Murphy and, and, and others to be the backups at tackle. Now, as uh, kind of rounded up all the Packers news that happened over the past few days in this past week since the Falcons game, as for the game prediction for me for Sunday, you know, before the season started, I would have chalked this one up against the Bengals as an easy win. And the good news, if you can call it that, is that the Bengals appear to have their share of internal issues after losing the first two games of the season. There's been a lot of talk in their locker room that they're dissatisfied and unhappy and and all sorts of things. Um, but with the injuries the Packers have suffered, leaving them low on depth on the front seven of defense and at the tackle positions on the offensive line and at wide receiver with Randall Cobb now not having practiced this week and Jordy Nelson recovering from a quad injury, These are adding up to what I see as a sloppy win for the Packers. The good news is, is that I can still see the Packers winning. Um, You know, 
as Ryan Churchill kind of alluded to with his prediction, you know, as long as the Packers have Aaron Rodgers out there, they have a chance to win. And if a couple of these injured players make timely returns, it only helps the cause. But playing in Lambeau Field, playing against a Bengals team that has its share of weaknesses, I've got this as a 24-21 Packers win. You know, the theme for this week is escape. Escape with a victory and hopefully escape with no new injuries. If they can do that, better times are ahead because I think this litany of injuries are, are you know, these players with this litany of injuries are on the precipice of returning because so few are, have been season-ending. In it's just going to take a little time for them to get healthy. And I know it's not exactly great when you got the short turnaround Thursday night football coming up. We'll deal about we'll deal with that after the Bengals game, uh, but the good news is it's at home. I think the Lambeau Field crowd. I think the Packers still have enough talent, even without a few injured players, to get by uh, against a poor Bengals team. So yeah, the the theme for this week is escape uh, for sure. The biggest thing, and I, I talked about this, you know, with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com on Wednesday's show. I think one of the most interesting things to watch this week will be Kevin King, the top draft pick of the Green Bay Packers, and it's looking like he's going to be in the starting lineup. You know, it might be across from Devon House. If Devon House was healthy, he too, after suffering the quad injury in the Falcons game, he hasn't returned to practice yet. Kind of remains to be seen what his status is. It could be a situation where it's merely precautionary, and he could be practicing. You know, if the if need be, but maybe the Packers are playing it safe. Hard to tell at this point. If not, he'll be across from Demarius Randall or Quentin Rollins or whoever the Packers decide to put at the other cornerback position because they haven't exactly gotten solid play from that aforementioned duo either. But Kevin King has played very well in the limited playing time he's received so far this season and started to receive more, uh, you know, partway through the Falcons game when the Packers were dealing with injuries and struggling as it was on defense. They put him in there, and, and he really responded. We talked about that on Wednesday. A couple nice pass breakups, nice tackling things that he flashed in the preseason but didn't show consistently and understandable for a rookie who missed time during the offseason program and dealt with little injuries himself and things like that. But he's out there now. He's learning, you know, uh, on the go. And I think it's time to throw him into the fire and, you know, throw him to the wolves, so to speak, and get out there against A.J. Green because I think the Packers have little other choice at this point. You you wish it didn't have to come to this where the other cornerbacks on the team were either so banged up or or playing so poorly that they would have to really rely on Kevin King. But I think it's going to be a good thing in the long term for King because they drafted him to become the number one cornerback. Maybe you didn't hope it would be this early that they would have to rely on him. But it's almost come to that point. And maybe the other guys will turn it on. Maybe they're a little banged up. Maybe if Demarius Randall just didn't have to, 
cover the other team's number one wide receiver. Maybe he could be a competent number two kind of guy. And maybe Devon House, if he gets healthy, will play a whole lot better. But as it stands for the time being, Kevin King is the man. He's going to have to be the man to help shut down A.J. Green. Hopefully he'll get over the help over the top from the safeties, whoever they may be. Kendrell Bryce still dealing with injury himself as well. Um, Just so many injuries right now, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, But yeah, so I I really see that as the you know, matchup to look for. And, and and on the opposite side, we're talking about the Packers cornerbacks guarding the Bengals wide receivers. What happens at wide receiver for the Packers if Randall Cobb is gone? He basically has started off this season as the number one target for Aaron Rodgers. Played very well before he got injured in the Falcons game and played very well in week one against the Seahawks. Now, the Packers have been without Randall Cobb before, and especially if Jordy Nelson is healthy, I think they can get by with Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams being the number one and two targets at wide receiver, certainly complemented by Martellus Bennett, who you hope is going to play better than he did against the Falcons. Um, and, and I assume he would be. I mean, you can't play much worse in that game. Uh, hopefully that's just a blip on the radar screen and, and he gets better from here. And, he, you know, he still is getting used to the Packers offense, still getting used to working with Aaron Rodgers and maybe, you know, not quite ready for those throws that Aaron Rodgers going to throw to him on a check down or, you know, on the back shoulder, things like that. And, and Martellus, Bellett, Martellus Bennett is going to learn. Uh, he is going to get better. And they're going to need him this week if the Packers, you know, are banged up with Randall Cobb. Just just one less target, not that they're similar receivers, but one less target, one less person for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. And Ty Montgomery's been looking good. So those are some of the major matchups that I'm looking forward to. Like I said, a close game, Packers escape with a victory. The day ahead. All right. On Friday, we'll have a clearer picture of the injury situation as the Packers release their game day projections. Not only will we learn, for example, what Brian Balaga's practice status will be limited or full, they'll also tell us his projection for Sunday's game against the Bengals probable or questionable. Um, uh, they'll release that information on Friday afternoon. As for the game, Sunday's matchup against the Bengals will kick off at 3.25 p.m. Central Time and be televised on CBS. It will be the first Packers game announced by Wisconsin native Tony Romo, who's in his first season as the lead analyst for CBS, so that should be fun to watch. And as usual, there are other options to digest the game on the Packers Radio Network or via subscriptions to the NFL Game Pass or Sunday Ticket or however you watch the game. Enjoy it, folks. There will be no episode of Railbird Central on Monday. I will be on vacation, as I alluded to earlier, the annual college football road trip. I'm going to be in Boulder, Colorado for the Buffaloes versus Huskies, Washington Huskies game this Saturday. And once again, if anybody out there in the greater Boulder area is listening and you have 
input into tickets. I'm looking for them. More than happy to pay, pay face price. Reach out to me on social media, email, whatever. Uh, let me know. I'm looking for tickets for Saturday's game. But that'll impact no episode Monday. We'll be back again next Wednesday talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com as usual. So looking forward to that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. Enjoy the game against the Bengals. Hopefully it's a whole lot more of a blowout than I predict it to be. But hopefully we're talking about a victory nonetheless. We'll see you later, folks. Um, Thanks to Ryan Churchill of the 60-yard line for being our guest on today's show. Uh, On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you. I leave you today with a song called Tinderbox by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.